0: And welcome to Job Shadowing HE, the podcast that delves into the roles of people working in higher education. Each episode hears from guests about what's involved in their role, the career path that led to it, and tips on how to get in and get on in these jobs. In this episode, we move from roles within a higher education institution to one that is in an HE sector body. And today's guest is Victoria Holbrook, Assistant Director Consulting, Governance, and Insight at Advance HE. Victoria has worked in various higher education policy roles since 2005, notably with the Higher Education Funding Council for England and the Office for Students, before a series of roles with Advance HE. Victoria's LinkedIn profile says that you never stop learning and that she thrives on getting things done with diverse and energetic teams. Welcome, Victoria, uh, to Job Shadowing HE. Thanks so much for being a guest on the podcast today. One of the reasons we're inviting you on is to shadow a role in the higher education sector that's outside a university or other type of HEI. You're an assistant director at Advance HE. Tell us a bit more about the function and purpose of the organisation. Thanks, Susanna.
1: It's really great to be with you. Um, Advance HE is quite a unique organisation with a long history, so this is a bit of a long answer. But fundamentally, we are a development body, and our stated purpose is to help higher education be the best it can be by unlocking the potential of its people. Um, We're a membership organisation fundamentally, and we're deeply rooted in the UK's HE sector, but now with a quarter of our membership coming from overseas we're not-for-profit so we reinvest our income into supporting our members and we work across the areas of teaching and learning, equality, diversity and inclusion and leadership and governance. So it's a really comprehensive remit. And we provide work that's at sector, organisation and individual levels. So it's really comprehensive in terms of what we do as well. We might be offering accreditation and professional recognition, um, doing leadership development, training, uh, frameworks um, and resources, as well as bespoke consultancy for strategic change. Um, So it's really a fascinating place to work.
0: Your job title is Assistant Director, Consulting Governance and Insight, which sounds like quite a wide remit. What does it involve in practice?
1: Yes, it is quite a wide remit. Um, I certainly do have a long job title. Um, what it really means is I get to lead a team that's at the forefront of advanced HE's work um, to support the sector with strategic change and effective governance. So that's a real privilege. And my team provides um, expertise, evaluation, consultancy in a range of areas, including governance and culture. We also produce sector insights that people rely on, like the annual Equality, Diversity and Inclusion staff and student statistical reports and our undergraduate and postgraduate experience surveys, which underpin how the sector understands its performance. So on a practical level, uh, we're doing a lot. We're growing what we do. We're designing new services um, and seeking to have more impact. So that's a really exciting remit.
0: (laughs) Let's wind back a bit. Tell us more about what motivated you to start working in higher education and how that motivation has advanced during your career path to date. Well, to be honest, it was
1: chance. And I think that's the answer for lots of people. Um, But I studied law and French. Um, I was living in Bristol, but knew I didn't want to be a lawyer and I suspected public service aligned best with my values. Um, I nearly ended up in local government or the Care Quality Commission um, as I had three job offers in uh, in one week, but thankfully I chose to start at the Arts and Humanities Research Council, which just sounded really interesting and varied and frankly, had the easiest commute. Um, And I was right. I looked after funding applications for philosophy, religious studies and law, and then worked on some really challenging sector consultations to form the organisation's future uh, funding priorities. So very early on, it got me to understand both the joys and complexities of working with academia and as an officer of an arm's length body from government. And 18 months after that, I moved to what was then the Higher Education Funding Council for England, also based in Bristol, um, in a role helping to design the very first Research Excellence Framework. So really, it was research policy that got me um, into HE. Um, And I guess the beauty of an organisation like HEFKE, and to some extent this is also true of Advance HE, or I guess a university, is that the work is so varied And there are frequent opportunities to take on a new project or pursue something interesting. And that's been the thing that's kept me most motivated. There's always something interesting to do and it has really um, material impacts on the way that people work or interact with our sector. Um, At Hefke, it was really commonplace for people to move around the organisation. So in fact, by the time it closed, 11 years after I joined, I'd worked in health education policy and funding, um, liaising with the NHS and the Department of Health, um, widening participation policy, including on initiatives like AIM Higher and liaising with the Department for Education. I'd worked on governance matters with sector bodies like UUK and the Committee for University Chairs, and I'd led a couple of regional teams liaising directly with institutions. I'd also been involved in countless funding schemes and policy projects. And so you pick up a lot of civil service skills along the way, including writing and briefing well, decision making governance, stakeholder engagement, um, program management, and strategy development. Um, but my last role at Hefke was as a regional consultant with institutions across the Southwest. And a lot of that work was confidential. Um, engaging with senior teams and boards of institutions behind the scenes to navigate and resolve um, funding policy or regulatory tricky issues. Um, It's fair to say I loved it. It was all about working with people to solve problems and get the best solutions and it felt like you were having a material impact. Um, I did transition into the Office for Students in 2018 And I spent time there developing the organisation's first business plan. Um, I did some complex registration work, which was really useful for understanding the emerging regulatory environment. And I led the first student information strategy, but ultimately I took the opportunity to move on when it came. Um, I realised that what motivates me as well as variety is definitely solving problems and helping others. And for right or wrong, I felt that I was unable to do that to the extent that I wanted to any longer. Um, So here I am at Advance HE since 2019 and I started as a head of membership, which took me right back out into the sector. It was a great place to start engaging and supporting members needs, um, which complemented my leading the development of our first full organisational strategy, which was published in 2021. But um, soon enough, there was an opportunity to lead Advanced HE's governance effectiveness portfolio, which built on my insights from Hefke and OFS, working with boards and senior teams, and I guess bringing out the entrepreneur alongside my leadership and strategy skill set, which I've loved as that really brings great creativity. And since January 2023, um, that portfolio has now been part of my wider role, um, encompassing our strategic consulting and insights work more broadly. So I guess I would say variety and solving problems are the things that keep me most happy.
0: And one of the common threads that you've talked about there in particular roles in um, HEFKE and now at Advance HE, and that I've also seen in publications that you've written or contributed to, is the concept of effective engagement with stakeholders, with universities, with sector bodies, with government departments. Why does good engagement matter? Um, That's a really great question. It matters because getting
1: things done or achieving an outcome is all about people. Um, And fundamentally, I don't think we can assume that we alone have got all the answers and and all of the insight that we need to to make good decisions, especially about things that affect other people and will influence their behaviour. So if we need People to do something differently or in different ways, which frankly is what most policy is about, then I think we need to have engaged widely around the issues and we need to have used that to design and deliver whatever it is. And I think that applies whatever role you have in whatever industry. Um, so for me, it's about testing assumptions and avoiding bias that might have unintended consequences. Um, and for that reason, Um, One of the things I'm most passionate about is board diversity and inclusive governance. And we've got a lot of work to do on that still in this sector. Um, But I do think there's a more pragmatic and perhaps even more interesting angle for us as individuals, which is that I think it helps you stay curious. I think it helps you stay informed and agile, um, as well as build relationships that you never know when you might need them.
0: And I guess good engagement, it's not just a question of, listening there are other skills involved in in doing that can you tell us a bit more about how you create that good engagement with people
1: yeah i think that's that's really fair um i think curiosity and open mindedness for sure to ask questions test assumptions perhaps proactively seek out those new angles on a matter they might not strictly be skills but they're certainly necessary behaviours I think you need to have empathy and be prepared to listen to other points of view. Um, and good listening, uh, good listening, of course, supports that. Um, practically, though, I do think stakeholder mapping and engagement strategy as tasks are really underrated um, and often overlooked in projects and, and most people's roles. Yet it's such a useful tool. Um, and we see that at board level, too, and encourage the boards we work with to have a much uh, better understanding of their stakeholders and, and seek more creative ways to listen and engage with them.
0: So thinking about the expert support that you've provided across the sector, both in your roles at HEFKE and OFS and now at Advance HE, A controversial question that some people might ask, so I'm going to ask you, is how can you really understand the ins and outs of a university or an HEI when your career path so far shows you've never worked in a university? I think it's a really fair question,
1: Um, but I guess I would flip it and I'd say it's not something that I claim to do and it's not what I bring to the table, Um, So what I bring, I think, is a deep understanding of the diversity of the sector, the range of policy areas and how they connect insights into different ways of doing things or how issues have been solved in different places, how government works. And I've worked under three different flavoured ones, Labour, Coalition and Conservative, as well as how public bodies think, how public funding and regulation works and in different contexts. And fundamentally, I think it's about seeing the bigger picture with all the risks and all the opportunities that the work of anyone in any university is part of the canvas for. Um, I know that in my interactions with individual institutions, I'm constantly joining dots for them. Um, that people often don't make for themselves because of the breadth of of my experience. And that sometimes means even introducing colleagues in the same institution to one another um, who might not have clocked that they've actually got some value to add to one another. Um, And I would say, you know, where detailed knowledge and support is needed, it's my job to find the right people to help. I don't claim to do it all myself or to know it all myself. And it's why a big part of my job is engagement and relationship building, knowing the right people to help solve problems and create the best solutions. And I think in that um, respect, being a generalist is actually a bit of a specialism. Um, at least that's my view anyway.
0: And you've got that, that generalist career path, as we've talked about, that's that's gone through those sector bodies. Are there examples of other people who've had career paths that have come from a university or an HEI into a body like Advance HE or vice versa? I'm not asking you to name names necessarily, just 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 wondering, really, if if that does happen. It most definitely does. So I met with an ex hefke
1: colleague just this week um, who's recently taken up a university registrar role, for example, And similarly, I have ex-colleagues in the sector as directors of professional services, university secretaries, heads of planning or policy, widening participation leaders or project managers in various forms. Um, Mark Leach and David Kernahan of Wonki both worked at Hefke, um, as did my own colleague at Advance HE, Colette Fletcher, um, who previously worked at Winchester and Bournemouth universities before she joined us this year. And even our own chief executive, Alison Johns, um, who uh, was a director at HEFKE, she cut her teeth at the University of Plymouth. Um, So that's certainly the case. Um, And HEFKE did. And now OFS does uh, recruit from the sector. And I know people there who have led academic services or university governance who are currently leading aspects of work in access and participation or regulatory compliance, for example. So I do think it is a healthy exchange, and and rightly so, and long may that continue.
0: So tell us about an example week in your job. Where's your overall focus? What's the balance of work, I suppose, within Advance HE and with stakeholders? Well,
1: um, no two weeks are the same, and I think that's what I love about it. Um, But right now, because my role was created in January and I've brought together a new team with some new staff, um, and a new business case to deliver, my focus has very much been in two camps, um, leading and developing a team with the right culture and priorities, so a real people focus, um, and developing our testing our plans for expanding um, our, our work and our reach, which practically means sponsoring and overseeing a suite of projects, market engagement, and product development. Um, I might also spend some time quality assuring work that we're delivering, so perhaps uh, a board effectiveness review and liaising with the team that's delivering that. Um, I might be co-developing a proposal for a piece of work with colleagues from our membership team. Um, I might be refining um, or leading a, a tender response for a sector project that we want to do, and um, Hopefully, the week does include getting to speak with senior leaders about their priorities, um, either on calls or on visits or at sector events. Um, So, for example, we had our annual governance conference uh, just the other week. Um, I might be preparing for a speaking engagement or preparing with the team to engage with our own strategic advisory groups on a range of topics, Um, And most likely, uh, there's an internal group or two as part of our own organisational development work. Um, But I think mostly my job is to ensure that my team have what they need to do their jobs well, um, to be well um, and to stay on track. So hopefully um, an average week combines some or all of those things.
0: Looking at your LinkedIn profile, you say about yourself that you never stop learning. What would you say are the key learning experiences that have helped you to develop your career path so far?
1: Well, I am extremely grateful for the grounding and skills that Hefke in particular gave me. It had a really collegiate environment and learning and development was always available in many forms. So I got trained in project and programme management, writing, running consultations and all the fundamentals. And that's always been a fantastic underpinning. And I complemented that with a part-time Masters in Public Policy. But in terms of very specific experience, I'd say there are three. Um, The first is I went on an Emerging Leaders course run by the organisation Common Purpose, which really grounded me in the core principles of leadership, but beyond authority. So being a leader is not just about the job title, Um, I also loved that it was immersive with real scenarios and every cohort was drawn from different sectors. So that was great. It really developed quite rounded thinking. Um, Secondly, I've been extremely lucky to have had some great line managers who've effectively mentored and sponsored me to progress and built my confidence and pushed me that little bit further. And I think that stuck with me and is part of my own ethos. And third, in the last 10 years, board membership has been really instrumental in my development and learning. And I've been on the board of three education institutions now, a college, um, which was part of a multi-academy trust, um, a university and a private provider. And I would encourage anyone to give that a go um, for the insight and exposure to leadership strategy, finances and decision-making um, that that brings, um, as well as giving back your own experience.
0: Yeah, being on the other side of the table and being a board member is an interesting place to be, isn't it? It,
1: it certainly is. Um, and it's, it can be quite humbling as well as an experience and really helps you understand where it is you need to get closer to the detail or not.
0: So everything that you've talked about to us so far today, it's really clear that you're passionate that higher education runs well. In the role that you do, what do you see as the biggest challenge the sector's currently facing?
1: I mean, there are many, and let's assume that we all recognise the financial and operating environment constraints, so I'm not gonna go there. Um, For me, I think it's much more about growth mindset and keeping pace with constant innovation as a combined governance and leadership challenge. I think something like 40% of the academic workforce reaches retirement age in the next decade. Um, Generation Z have different expectations about work and life than we do. And and I speak as a just about millennial when I say that. Um, AI has the potential to disrupt not just education models, but entire operating models. And I'm not convinced that our governing bodies and leadership teams have the diversity, the thinking or even the agreed appetite for risk that that probably requires them to have. And that's not unsurprising given their composition and experience to date. Um, But perhaps financial sustainability is going to be the burning platform in the next few years that could turn that into opportunity um, to really rethink operating models and how to meet the needs of students, staff, and I guess society uh, differently. But what I would say as um, a parallel challenge of innovating and taking risks, um, certainly in England, is that the regulatory stakes are so high. And I don't have answers, but I'd like to see how the regulatory regime can enable rather than stifle innovation. Um, at the time when I think it probably needs it most. So those would be my challenges.
0: And I guess Advance HE it clearly has a role here in helping the sector move forward and face some of the challenges that you've talked about.
1: Absolutely right. Yeah, that's absolutely what we what we do and intend to do more of. Yeah.
0: So you've really kindly shared a lot with us today about your career path and about your role. And I think it's likely that you'll have inspired some people Uh, Maybe for the first time to think about roles in sector bodies like Advance HE, what advice would you give to someone in relation to the type of skills or behaviours they'd need to develop and how they might go about doing that? I think you need to remember that advanced is are not for profit, which is a very different
1: proposition from working for an arm's length body of government. Yet there are some parallel skills that would stand you in good stead. Um, great communication and engagement with people at all levels, um, as well as some project or programme management is a great start. Um, maybe you've got a specialism such as governance or EDI, um, access and participation or learning and teaching um, so you can bring insights that would help inform policy development or support effective practice and particularly at Advanced HE I would say a creative and entrepreneurial approach is helpful so we're constantly innovating to serve our members and solve problems and you would certainly need to demonstrate an aptitude to create solutions and work collaboratively across boundaries to get things done because we're actually a relatively small organisation. Um, So I think those are skills that can be demonstrated in many HE roles, um, both professional and academic. Um, I guess my best advice would be to get in touch with someone to talk about any role before you apply because it's never the case that you have to meet 100% of the spec and I think we all bring something different to the table and that's what makes us human.
0: Victoria, it's been really interesting to talk to you today. Thanks so much for your time in letting me shadow you.
1: You're really welcome. I've enjoyed it a lot. Thanks, Susanna.
0: Thank you for listening to Job Shadowing HE. The podcast was written and presented by Susanna Marsden. Audio production and theme music by me, Rodri Marsden. information about this podcast just visit jobshadowinghe.podbean.com